Hey everyone, welcome to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. And I'm Philip. And we're covering issue 11 today of X Factor volume, I think they still call it volume 3. I still need to discover what volume 2 may have been, but X Factor Investigations, issue yeah. 11. This is the middle image of our triptych of covers that all blend in together. Yeah. And we have, I also realized the ominous figures in the background. We got Trip Jr. last episode. This time we have Trip Sr. And stay tuned to find out who was on the third cover. Yeah. But we've got Layla Miller blowing a bubble, which sort of blends into these little rainbow of dots across. We got Rain, and we've got Strong Guy with his longer wisp of hair. Like, he only has the one the one hair location. He does, yeah. And it's very long in this sense. But So he was ahead of his time with those, was it high and tight? High and... Yeah. High and something. High and something. High and, high and tight sounds right. Sure. Oh, that rhymed. Uh-huh. No. Well, I didn't mean to do that, but here we are. So, um... It's November of 2006. Yeah. That wasn't a presidential election year. No, it was a really good midterms for the Democrats, though. Oh. This is when we get Nancy Pelosi. As speaker for the first time? I think so. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean... There's a lot of anti-Bush sentiment out there. That's very true. Like, this is the tail end of the Bush years. Yes. Um, are you ready for the pop culture pop-up? I am. All right, November of 2006. In more video game news, the Nintendo Wii was released. It's that old? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, how much do you think the Wii cost at retail? I'll say it's comparable to a Switch is now, so like 300? 250. Oh, that wasn't too far off. No. But just like the Switch, especially during the pandemic, it was so hard to find a Wii. Like, Yes, I do remember that part. It was terrible to find one. I eventually got one, I think, a year after this. It took a full year for me to find a Wii, and I was searching all the time with my college friends. Oh, I never had one. I closest I ever had was a GameCube, so I could play Double Dash. Oh. But I think I had gotten it the summer before this. Oh, The Wii was really good for, like, those party games. Like, Wii Sports was huge. Everyone loved Wii Sports. Like, that was the thing. You went over to someone's apartment or something, and you just played Wii Sports. Oh. And then that turned into Rock Band. It did. I went to a lot of Rock Band parties. Yeah. On the airwaves, Desperate Housewives is coming back. So, Grey's Anatomy last month, Desperate Housewives seems to be returning to their throne. ABC was powerhouse. It was. Is this well before they were owned by Disney, or had they owned? They were owned by Disney already. Oh, okay, but because it would be abc.disney.go.com, like it was such a remember website addresses where it was really funky. It was like abc.go.com or something. I think I would just go to the um, the station website for. Like the local... As the world turns. Oh. Anything else I went to Hulu for. Because oh. I think Hulu did a lot of ABC stuff. Oh. Before it had commercials, even. Yeah. The charts, we have Danity Kane coming in with Showstopper. Have I even heard of Danity Kane? I don't you think sh- I have. What? 
Danity Kane, I mean, how are you a gay man and you don't know Danity Kane? I have led a very sheltered life. I I know. Like, this is the second episode in a row where you had no clue. I'm, like, would I recognize this song Probably. if I heard it? No. Like, if you... It, if you don't know who Danity Kane is, like, you probably wouldn't recognize this song. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. I got this far. We have some Kid Rock news. Oh. Kid Rock and Pamela Anderson are divorcing. He had that song Picture with someone. With Cheryl Crow in 2003. Oh, I thought that was more closely aligned with... This. And if you're thinking, wait a minute, we talked about Kid Rock already. We did. That's, that's because they got married in July. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, maybe do something to figure out if that's a thing for you. Maybe don't marry someone you haven't known for less than a year, or something like that. Like, especially if you're a celebrity. Are you just, like, fooling yourself into thinking this is the one? Especially since Pamela Lee, like, she had a bad thing with Tommy Lee. And to what extent is it a legit relationship? Or is it, Was it just for the tabloids? It would be very Bridgerton ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. That's the second Bridgerton reference I made in two episodes. Oh, it's fine. I mean, your mom definitely isn't a fan. No, speaking of sheltered. Yeah. <laughs> Too much sex <laughs> in the Netflix show. Um, the last bit of news, it's Paris Hilton news. Oh, you love Paris Hilton. I love Paris Hilton. She does follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and I'm sure I've mentioned it at least once before on this podcast. Um, she embarrassed herself. She was on stage singing her hit song, Stars Are Blind, and she threw up. That... Oh, poor yeah. Paris. Poor Paris indeed. Like, And there's nowhere to go. No. Like, you... I'm sure it was one of those, like, thrust stages, so you can't even, like, oh, make yeah. a dive towards the side curtains? No, like, she's probably out amongst the audience. Oh. Yeah. And H- had to barf. And if you're feeling sick, you probably can't do anything at that point. No. Like... There's probably a million people backstage being like, you must go on right now. Everything's yeah. ready. Yeah. That stinks. Yeah. So, um, sorry, Paris. I mean, hope you recovered. We still remember your song. So, one little throw-up incident. Daryl still remembers your song. <laughs> um, And that's about it. I mean, there's well, a... The big thing for me is probably... The we. I mean, that's the biggest cultural impact that we have this month. Because then there's the we university. Like, they re... They amped up the... Like, they redid something with the we in, like, 2010 or something like that. So, then they were like, it's we university, which wasn't an entirely new console. Which is not... That's fair, like... Was there something else called Wii Universe? Or was it Wii Universe? It like, is Wii U. Yes. That was the successor to it. But I think the Wii itself, with the motion detection, people throwing the Wii motes through their TV... Oh. And them needing to be like, no, really wear a strap while you're doing it. 
Oh, that's why Mario, the fun Mario Party keeps telling us to use the straps, and we never do. Yeah, for the Switch. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that was revolutionary. Yeah. You didn't have a static controller. It, you had the bar that was sensing the motion and everything. Yeah. Little blip, 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 blip. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it, that music, when you first turn on the Wii, still gets stuck on my head. Oh, Wingspan is now stuck in my head. Yeah. It lives there rent-free. Wingspan, the game on the Switch. Or phone, which is fantastic for flying out. To Boston, yeah. I played it the entire ride and made the three hours go quickly, but it burns battery, so FYI. If you get it for your phone. But it's highly playable. Yes. Good replayability. Yes. So, issue 11. This is the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy. Yeah. And uh, do you want to give us the rundown from that first page? Yeah. After announcing that X-Factor was opposed to the Superhuman Registration Act, Jamie Madrox got himself good and hammered, woke up the next morning, and discovered that either he or Dupe or both had slept with both Siren and Monet, and neither of the women knows about the other. Oof. Meanwhile... Scientist Henry Buchanan, who worked for Singularity Investigations, sought out X-Factor and told them SI was working on a virus that would kill all mutants, which sent Jamie into a fit of fury since it brought up memories of the legacy virus. Guido was assigned to drive Buchanan over to a bank where Buchanan had a safe deposit box filled with evidence, except, to the shock of everyone, reading last issue, especially me, not that I have feelings about this or anything, but I do... Guido, after receiving a phone call from Singularity Head, Mr. Trip, killed Buchanan in cold blood, which is like killing someone in warm blood except the air conditioning was on, <laughs> which means in that Hummer it was getting even worse gas mileage. Oh. And at the beginning of the previous issue, we got an origin story for Mr. Trip, and now we get an origin story for Madrox. I have a question that maybe is more pertinent for the end of this trilogy if it was actually an origin story for Trip. Or is he displaced because it's singularity? It... Well, there was him as a small child. True. So I would say that's his origin story of, like, a significant manifestation of his powers as a young child. Mm. And it sort of ties into this dialogue between Trip... And Jamie's parents. And it's Trip Senior because of the goatee. Mm. And the parents are like, I don't know why you're here. We are have been in contact with Professor Xavier with Jamie's special needs. Yeah. And like, it's Jamie, not James. Yes. And Professor Xavier, you know, he says he's going to take him into his school. It'll be great. And um, we really aren't open to counter offers. And... Trip Senior is like, well, maybe you should be. Maybe the best place for him isn't with Xavier. Yeah. He, uh, Mister, uh, the Elder Trip, says, when did I say Jamie was a mutant? And there's a whole panel of awkward silence. Yeah, the, because Jamie's mom explains, well, we knew he was different from the moment he was born because the doctor, like, slapped him on the butt and he duplicated. Yeah. So... It, then we get the explanation, well... Uh, Mutants normally manifest in adolescence, yeah. not when they're new to the world. Yep. And 
Jamie's parents don't really have a great explanation for this, even though they're scientists and they get called out by Trip Senior over yeah. that. Um, there's always exceptions, I suppose. Dot 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 did not fly well. But um, then we get into this whole explanation of changelings or kill crops. Yeah. These kids that were left to die on manure piles. Yeah, or I think mountains. Yeah. Things like that in other cultures. They specifically called out manure. Yes. That they were different and... Yeah. It, and the kill- It's an interesting discussion for a character that has been around since the 80s. At this point, that... A multiple man. Yes. That we always took him to be a mutant. Right. And he must have an X gene if he was targeted by the legacy virus, right? Mm, yeah. That makes sense. With us not knowing anything about the legacy virus, really. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some sort of, like, super level of mutants. Yeah. Different than Omegas. Um, like, I feel like Multiple Man is never considered an Omega ever. No. Like, he wouldn't be that level of power. Yeah. There's a nice description of that in Hawk's Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where they really started defining what Omega level means. Right. Yeah. And so Trip Sr. reveals that his power is the manipulation of elemental forces. He is a bargain bin storm. He really is. Although I still have questions about this because twice in this issue that we'll get to, he uses more of a telepathic ability yeah so i'm not sure if it's truly telepathic or if it's some sort of mystic arts thing which will be revealed later yeah but yes there's there's an ominous threat there is like i can control the weather you know tornado could just happen and and people would just say it's an act of god yeah and perhaps they would be right yeah what a dick thing to say yeah um I, you never really like Trip at all, but this is really setting him up as like, there's no redeeming quality. No, he is leveling up as a villain. Yes. Into the next tier. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's getting more evil. And we get to see a young Jamie. Who's in the multiple man suit. I, which make, gives me a question. Like, is this suit specially designed to keep him from duplicating? I think so. And which that... maybe is something that we saw in previous X-Factor, like X-Factor in the 90s. Yes, because he had that awful yeah. cowl thing. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's pro. I mean, Charles Xavier, fashion designer, probably cooked this up for him. <laughs> Sin against the fashion world. <laughs> and probably the... sent this along with the invitation to... The Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. Yeah. That would be an interesting question. If you got a newborn Madrox who just Mm. duplicated, how would he recombine? How long would it take for the baby to figure out that it can do that? Yeah. Or does it just need to touch? Did you just need to, like... Squish them together? Yes. Interesting. But, I mean, babies bumble around all the time. Oh, yes. So, similar to how Peter David gives updates on his daughters during some of those recaps, I learned that my nephew, when he goes bonk inside to help calm him down, he goes outside. 
and if he bonks when he's outside, they take him to a tree and he hugs a tree and it makes him feel better. Oh, it's so cute. Yes. That's such a good, like, di- divergent, di- distracting strategy. Oh, yes. Yes. Like, oh, instead of falling down on this grass, here is a tree for you to hug. Yes. And then he'd probably goober on it. Yeah, he's in that age. Lots of slobber. So much goober. Shout out to Q. We love Q. So we get this scene with Trip Senior saying, do you remember me at all? And young Jamie says no. And the exiting Trip Senior says, I didn't think so. Like, there's something going on there where, where he's erasing himself from young Jamie's memory. Yeah. So. We then come to the present day, where we are see we're confronting Guido um, about, well, why didn't you finish the job? Where is Buchanan? Where did he go? Yeah. If he was with you, how could you have possibly lost him in a safe deposit box? Like, those vaults where they are. Yeah. Only have one exit. Yep. So Guido comes up with a story about how he went into the bank and then there were all these things and he's like, oh, I better wait outside. I'll hang out in the lobby while he goes into his deposit box and he never came back and the person was white as a sheet. Yeah. The bank teller was white as a sheet. And Madrak's still looking very hunky. Yes. Um, trying to calm down the snark that is coming from M. Yeah, Monet is n- not having this. And... She's basically, in summation, she's like, you had one job. Yes. And you couldn't do it. <laughs> Poor Guido. And he's like, well, you know how banks are. Like, I yeah. can't go back there with him, so I didn't. Because mutants are being perceived as, like, evil, so I didn't want to perpetuate that by forcing the issue. Ugh, yes. We got a weird, like, not weird, I shouldn't say that. We got a sort of backlit Guido art panel, which I think sort of jives with the, he just killed someone. Yeah. Now he's all, like, back in a line from Wonderfalls, all backlit and smoking like the guy from the X-Files. <laughs> and so, yeah, poor Jamie. Sucks at locked room mysteries. Yes. Ugh. But, and it's proposition, maybe it's someone like Kitty, who can phase through things. USS Pegasus. Yes. And Rain tries to be a good friend, like, tries to comfort him, and when she gets close to Guido, her wolf senses go off. Yeah, she smells something. We get a very start of, like, examining Guido's hand, because he put his hand on her shoulder, and Maddox she- is like, what, Rain, what the hell? And she, like, knows there's blood. You get this, like, half-transformation, which we haven't gotten much of. Yeah. It's always been, like, human rain immediately into wolf rain with nothing in between. And now we get this, like, partial... Because she has the scent of blood. Henry Buchanan's blood. Yep. Like, she can know that it's him. And Guido gets called out on it. And he flips out like his his instincts kick in and he tosses rain tosses m who had been doing like a mental probe to figure out what had happened yeah because jamie's like 
Monet get in there. She's strong enough to handle him. Yeah. She's got the telepathic skill set. Um, we get this in the little uh, voiceover text bubble. Yeah. And, yeah, he just throws Monet through a wall. Yep. How dare he? And, yeah, he is starting to go he, off. Yeah, yeah. He's throwing everyone around. And... Who comes to save the day? Siren. 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 She ees at him. She does. I I don't know if it's supposed to be a running gag or not, but I love that it's always ee. Yes. Uh, yeah, everyone is in rubble in some fashion or another, except for Layla, who, like, there's a brick that falls just to the side of her. Yeah. Which is such a perfect, like... She knows things. She knows things. She knows to stand exactly where to stand. Yeah. So that brick falling next to her falls for the highest dramatic effect. Yep. And she's like, there's no way that I'm cleaning this up. <laughs> this is on you all. <laughs> and we get Richter. Yeah, Richter's like, yo, what's going on? And then Guido holds him hostage. Literally holds him. Like, By the like head. he's about to do the mountain thing in Game of Thrones to Richter. Yeah, like just squeeze his head like a grape. <sighs> And people try to talk him down. And by people, I mean Madrox, because they're besties. And Greta wants them to stop talking. And then Richter's like, that's not going to stop Em. She's just going to keep talking so you break my head open. Yeah. Um, also, in the paper copy, there's a honky David Beckham. There's a Got Milk yes. ad with David Beckham. And a soccer ball. And no shirt. Yeah. And who do we get? It's a mystery. We just get strong guy arguing. Yeah, like and he's hugging. in pain, and um, everyone is like, "What's going on? Is this like a failsafe that was uh, within whatever mind control that he was under? Did Singularity build in a failsafe? Because as he's hooking, there's a smoke that's rising up and off of him." And who do we get? It's Quicksilver. It is Quicksilver. And it's this really awkward interaction. Like, he did indeed use the mists on a powered-up mutant and created that some sort of feedback that conked Guido the yeah. TF out. And he didn't know that this would happen. He This was his first time trying it on a powered individual. Like, what a dick. He's like, I had a theory that this is what would happen, but I didn't know. Yeah. And we get this really weird line where he's all about Richter is under his protection. Yeah, like, um, Quicksilver is, like, it's a very paternal relationship. And he's like, no one threatens Richter. As a former mutant and a close friend... Richter's under my protection now. Anyone who causes his, who abuses him will be dealt with harshly, dot, 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 by me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very paternalistic. Very, like, what happened in that office? Yeah. When Quicksilver posed that question to Richter of, do you, if you, I use my mists on you to repower you, are you worthy enough to get your full powers back? Yeah. And we were left hanging, and suddenly from that we get this weird, tight personal relationship. Like, mm -hmm. just there's a, there's an element of cringe there. Yeah. 
And then he just walks off. So. Yeah, it's Quicksilver just coming in for a weird monologue moment again. He loves a monologue. He does. So they're trying to figure this out. Poor Guido is, like, slumped and shackled. Yeah, they're in a part of the building that isn't destroyed. Yeah, luckily they saved the kitchen. Yeah. Who among... Which was it just destroyed, like, a few issues ago from the flood. Oh, yeah, the leaky yeah. tub falling on the dude. Yeah. Oh. Well, whoever Layla got, she did a good yes. job. So, Layla's doing her techie thing because, of course, she's a tween. Yeah. So she knows technology. And everyone's sort of loitering. And she's going through Guido's phone. She finds all these singularity numbers. So yeah. she, she sort of lands exactly on it that it's an effect, um, a code word that would activate him. where He would then do whatever it was um, that the trips wanted. And it, I don't think this would ever happen. Like, this is a, a plot point that wouldn't happen today because they would somehow, like, mask the phone number. Like, it would not be this easy. Oh, yeah. It would show up as potential spam or something. Yes, like, there would have been some way where you couldn't trace that number back to singularity. Anonymous number, because if you show up as potential spam, instead of... You'd be activated every time someone wanted to sell you a vehicle warranty oh, yeah. on a non-existent vehicle that you have. <laughs> So, yeah. And Madrox is sort of kicking himself. He's like, I should have known. He doesn't call people blorks anymore, which would have been a fun thing. Yes. Can he, can he bring that back? That'd if, be great. If, like, if they cure a strong guy, he should go to calling people blorks. Yes. And Emma's like, I should have known something because he didn't know who Sean Cassidy was the other day. Like, yeah, he should have known it was Banshee. Like, he... Knew Banshee is Sean Cassidy and not the singer. And should have known what it meant when Sean Cassidy, aka Banshee, died. And then we get the Queen of Denial, Cleopatra slash Siren. She is changing the subject. She, like, I thought it was well done that as soon as M brought up the fact that her dad was dead, Mm -hmm. she immediately, Siren immediately changed the subject. Yeah. Um, that was good. And then they do some fun logic. They try to, like, regroup, figure out what is happening with Buchanan, like, what is their plan now? And they come across the logic that if he had all of these duplicates, or copies, duplications of data, Mm -hmm. there must be originals. And if they're originals, they must be in the tower. Yeah. And... Yeah. Layla also knows stuff. So before they go, like, Layla's task is to do some research into Mrs. Buchanan. Yes. And she's on the phone. She gets connected to Jamie because Layla's like, ha ha ha, I have a Mr. Madrox on the phone for you. (laughs) Which is great. Yeah. And we get this nice image of Alex packing. She has all her bags. She's doing... um, She's almost on her way out. Um, they do not tell her that her husband has just been murdered. Yeah. They're like, oh, he is someplace that he's, he can't get he, to the phone. He's in, incommunicado. Monet has some sassy things to say yeah, about she that. Yeah, 
She's like, har, 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 we'll prorate our services. Yeah. And Mrs. Buchanan doing the responsible thing, asking the male person to stop service to their house. Yeah. And who is at the door? It's Trip Jr. And we know it's Trip Jr. because of the soul patch. Yes. I just love that you can tell which is which because of the facial hair. Yeah. So, our next scene that we get. It's at Singularity Investigations headquarters, and there's a bomb threat that's been phoned in to multiple agencies. Yeah, which, for five years after 9-11, like... Yeah, you're going to get that sort of response in New York. Yes, when they were like, I don't care who you are... That building is being evacuated. No ifs, and ors, or buts about yeah, it. Yeah, Trip Senior is not happy about it. And the guy's like, tough shit. Yeah. This is happening. We cut inside the building to the bomb squad who tell security to get out of there. And Singularity security leaves and he's like, well, whatever. And they take off their helmets and it is... It's X-Factor it's... with great code names. Yes. I'm very into this. So we get Siren... A.K.A. Screaming Mimi, phoning for Mr. Schizoid. Schizoid Man. Schizoid Man. Yes, and Screaming Mimi was Siren? It's definitely a person in Marvel. Oh, like it's a callback? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I think there was a time when both of them were like villains, and those were their names as villains or something. I don't know. Added to the list of things we need to look up. Yeah. But I think that that's a, a callback. Is it a callback or an Easter egg? I think it's a callback for mm. most. Or is there a difference? I don't know. And then we get the second part of the team. So that is Siren and Richter on the inside in the security center. Yes. We have Monet floating along with Rain and Jamie dangling. It's like the Barrel of Monkeys games. Uh, my grandparents, uh, like... Yeah. We get Monet floating up on top, holding hands with Rain, and then there's, like, Jamie dangling from Rain's foot, yeah. which is hilarious. And they land on the roof of SI, and they're starting there because they know that the actual bomb squad is on a different floor. Right. The bomb squad is going level one and up, so Team Siren and Richter are doing more of the recon type stuff of, yep. like, checking the cameras, making sure the building is empty, like, the sort of the eyes and ears situation. Yep. And then we have the infiltration team, which is Rain, M, and Madrox. And I love that M is just floating. Like when they're in the stairwells and in the hallway, Rain and Madrox are walking and M is just floating. Yeah. And they're after the information. So the theory is if it was copies in the safety deposit box, the originals are at his office because they called the wife to say, hey... Would he ever bring his work home? Yes. And And she's she's like... Absolutely not. Yes, he never did. So that's what compelled this whole adventure in the second half of this issue. And they find Henry Buchanan's office. They're about to go in. They open the door and... It's the fake Merlin from way back when. Yeah. Who had that like bubble when Siren was going going to go off at SI way back when. And he's like, this was supposed to happen, but it didn't. Yeah. And... He, reve- like, he reveals who he is. It's Damien Tripp. It's a super old Damien Tripp. Yes. 
And with new facial hair, it's a very long Moreland beard. Yeah. So there's soul patch, goatee, and long ass beard. Yes. And he's like, come on in, let's chat. Are you thirsty? There's some bottled water in the fridge. Which is like taking a page from Quicksilver's book, like this is gonna be a long monologue. Yes. Relax, hydrate. Yep. Enjoy the ride. Yes. And that's it. We can't even do the letters page for this issue because it's actually the same letters page as last issue. It is. There's only like one word difference. Yeah, instead of letter column, they changed it to letter call. Yes. In one sentence in this. And that's all I really saw on a quick scan. It's the exact same letters, exact same responses. Yeah, same Angel reference, same Scott's Diner reference. Yeah, it's... Yeah. So we'll be back next episode with a letters page. And any fun tidbits that come out of it. Yeah. So all in all, I think this was a pretty solid issue. Pretty good middle chapter of a trilogy. It continues to end on a cliffhanger, which when I was reading it through, it was just like, I must get to the next one. Yeah. And like, I love that we now that we know that... X out is this three issue arc. Yep. Like that now that the covers all match, now that it's following the same adventure plot line without any interruptions of, oh, by the way, you need a Civil War issue or two. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're really digging into the main storyline of this since the beginning, really. Yeah. Of this series. So. Whose origin story will we get in the third triptych issue? Yeah. We'll find out. So, everyone. Until next time, make sure to check out our Instagram. It's at X Factor Files Podcast. And let us know what your thoughts and feelings are about this story arc because it is interesting. Right. We're, we're getting payoffs at this point for a yes. lot of stuff. So. And even more hooks of like, I must find out more. Yep. Yeah. So everyone come back next week. We'll be chatting about issue 12. Yeah. See you later, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.